It's man like Dan. Come on, welcome to Million and Proud. Today we've got a special guest, and I don't mean that as an understatement. Like honestly, this guy is a sensei. He is a public speaker. He's an inspiration. He's just a legend, and everything that he does, like he's a true fighter, a true warrior, a true, true, true great. And I'm not even just saying that. Like, honestly, wait till you hear. So before we continue, we need to like that button subscribe and just join this family because you're going to hear something special today so don't even know how you want to be addressed call him nana call him mr unique voice yep. it's your choice so how do you want to be addressed today mr unique voice mr unique voice Hell all yeah. right so as you can see um this guy is very smiley but humble at the same time you know so we're gonna get into it because i know you guys want to just get straight into things yeah so today I want to go quite deep as well. Mm-hmm. But we can keep it nice and light at the same time. Back, back, um, pick and mix. Pick and mix, yeah. yeah. So um, I want us to focus on like the importance of the voice. Mm-hmm. And so do you want to just quickly share briefly about um, what you do right now? Um, and then we're going to go towards okay. your childhood yeah so just okay. tell us what you do uh what i do right now is i work for a local authority by day um assisting local residents having opportunities in the local area in terms of employment um and by night i'm a disability advocate so i speak on behalf of disabled people who are going through tribulations and barriers whether that be housing education or um employment you're so you're here at night yeah, <laughs> that's basically what you're saying so yeah. yeah no that's nice that's nice and so um let's talk about the beginning because i know your story doesn't sound like it's been an easy ride at all no it still doesn't seem easy right now but you was born um prematurely yes um was he six months six months six months prematurely yep. correct. yeah so um what did that mean for your family? I think what it meant for both parents, a sense of being lost, having a child, their first child to have a disability in the 80s, understanding the ramifications of life change. Um, would I even survive? Mm. Was their main focus. Um, being in hospital not like your regular baby for two years living in an incubator mm. just just to grow um, weighing a bag of sugar and having my organs not being developed mm. was a major um, withdrawal for my mother mm. because as far as she's concerned, she was thinking, wow, she wanted a child, she got a child, but the child's got complications. Mm. So in her mind, she was thinking, is it me? Have I done something wrong? Mm. Um, and at the time, she was what, 19, 20? Mm. So you can imagine coming from Ghana, coming to a foreign land, giving birth to a child with a disability and having doctors telling you all types of medical jargon that you don't, 
you've not even settled in the country properly. Mm. And then your head is spinning because you don't know if your child's going to survive. So it was, it was, it was a roller coaster for, bo- for yeah. both parents. Yeah. And I know, um, well, I don't know if you want to go into that side as well. So like the other parent, um, yeah. they wasn't so fun on keeping well, you, I guess. Wasn't so, so, so fun, but yeah, I think it seemed like I got my wires crossed in that story. Mm. So it was more of asking the doctor if I was going to suffer, then maybe I should be terminated. Oh, okay. Yeah. But how I see it is you shouldn't even be thinking of those things. Mm. You've given birth to a child. Yeah. If your child decides to give up, then you give it to God. Mm. But if your child has strength and you know your child is fighting, Mm. don't make that conscious mindset. Mm. And the famous person I'm going to mention who I don't really see him as a as an inspiration, but those words he said locked with me. So David Cameron, mm. he had a child that had a severe disability. And he stated in one interview, they go interview saying that there's times he wanted to give up. There's times he thought enough's enough. But then he snapped back into reality and thought, you know what? It's my son. If his condition the um breaks him down or prevents him from living further, then he would know he's done his best. Mm. And I just think it was either an educational thing or it was an educational battle with my father. Mm. Um it could have been handled a lot better, but yeah, it was handled the way it was handled and yeah. we're here today and we live. Yeah, I guess it's the fear of the unknown, but at the same time, you want that belief that things are going to be fine. Also, yeah. not to just write things off straight away, like yeah. to give yourself a chance. And so, I know that's hurtful to <laughs> to know and also to think about. And so, let's just talk about childhood as well. So going to school and so on, like, um, how was that? What were the challenges that you was facing? And also, what were the sort of um, difficulties you've been going through? Since birth, I think education-wise, I didn't quite, I didn't see the barriers. Mm. I realized that uh, there was a lot of the time I was being home taught, mm. but there was a bigger problem where local authorities at the time saw me as disabled. Yeah, and in that genre, the nineties. Disability was seen as a medical model. Yeah. So it was more about fixing you than including you. Mm. So in their mind, right, young black boy, disability, he needs to go to a SEND school. Not young black boy, mental capacity is still there. Yeah. Let's put him in a mainstream school. Yeah. My mother had to fight for me to be in mainstream. Mm. And every time she had to fight, I had to be taken out of education and be taught at home. Oh, wow. Because they couldn't decide where I was going, whether it was a SEND school or whether it was mainstream. Mm. I did have a taste of SEND. Yeah. How was it like back in those days? 
Obviously now it's better. Now it's better. But before, I can only imagine. Back then it was every person of all types of disabilities were marketed as one. Mm. So whether you had an amputated leg, cerebral palsy, severe cerebral palsy at that, we were all bunched up into one mm. category. Um, and a story that my mum kept on telling me is that they put me in one. Mm. And my mum told them, you're going to end up taking him out. Mm. He's very functional compared to the children in the school. Mm. And they were like, oh, he's disabled. You know, that's what we can afford. That's where we need to put him. Mm. Apparently my first day, the children were not communicating with me, were not playing with me. Being a boisterous child. I Wait, what, what school was this? I can't remember what school oh, it was. Okay. No, no, was it like a SEND school? Or it was, was a SEND school. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I started to drag some of the kids mm. because I was unaware they had disabilities. Mm. In my child mind at the time, I was thinking, why are they not responding? Why are they staring at me? Mm. I was removed quicker than you can say slice bread mm. <laughs> because obviously I was a danger to them. Yeah. Um, I ended up going to a mainstream school, but it wasn't straight away. It took time because then it was more of funding. And if we put him in a mainstream school for his duty of care, who's going to look after him? Mm. And my mum was like, I can't do it. I'm his parent. You need to hire someone. So they went round the houses. They're saying they couldn't find someone. My mum ended up putting an advert in the local press at the time. And we found someone who looked after me throughout my time in primary school. And it was a gurgitation in secondary school. It happened again where I had to do the homeschooling and the process started again. So it's like I moved from one local local authority to another. Mm. And it's like they all don't communicate. Yeah. And they all do the same thing. Which for a person with disability, it's heartbreaking and it's demeaning and it's breaking that person's spirit mm. all the time. Because just to get education that everybody else does, you're having to fight for it. Mm. If I lived in my native Ghana, I would understand. Mm. Ghana doesn't have the structure. But over here, a country that is on is rich, yeah. they can practically do what they want with a snap of a finger. And I'm having to fight to be in a classroom mm. just because of nature's debilitation of me. Mm. Didn't make sense. Yeah. I never understood it up until primary school. But when I got to secondary school, I used to think, Whoa, why is my mom always fighting people? Mm. I just want to go to school. Mm. Yeah. So as I got older and I went into employment. Wait, wait, we're going to touch upon ah, that. Okay, that all right. <laughs> I got you. I got you. But from the very beginning, yeah. you've had to fight. I've had to had fight. to fight. And that fighting sort of spirit has been instilled or originated from your mum yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And so 
like you said, you've had to fight to just get the basic sort of needs that everyone else has already. And so it must be very tiring. Um, I don't know how tiring it was during school or whether things were all right. Like, yeah, how was I think in terms of school itself? I think, it, I wouldn't say tiring. I felt excluded. Mm. I felt isolated. Okay, yeah, cool. My social skills didn't develop at the mm. age it should have. Yeah. Because I was always being yanked out of school. Mm. So if we're talking about confidence with my peers, I lacked that till about 24. Mm. Because I wasn't in that same environment with them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember um, seeing you say somewhere there, like, it took 24 years for you to find your voice. Yeah. So was that just figuratively speaking or was it also um in terms of like the medical stuff that he's going through as well because i remember you said that you went through like speech language therapy and there was other stuff that you had to do as well to try and elevate your voice i, I just realized we haven't really spoken yeah, about yeah, yeah. what is that is okay so yeah. the condition itself yeah is um my airway didn't develop with me yeah my voice box didn't develop as it should. So based on that, I had to live with a permanent tracheostomy tube. Mm. That enabled me to talk. It caused slight complications of eating. Um, I can eat though. Yeah. I love my food. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think... When I look at growing up, how everything came together, and when I say I found my voice at 24, it was a cattle of everything. Mm. So finding my confidence, being comfortable in my own skin. At some point growing up, I hated the fact that I had a tube because no one explained to me what it was. I think my parents found it difficult to actually tell me what it was. My mother tried her best. My father just ignored it. Mm. And was like, oh, it's something you just need to get on with it. Mm. Um, so I think what gave me the kick up the backside is when I had my first direct discrimination kind of incident. Mm. And that's when I realized, ah, I'm different. Yeah, was that in school? No, that was an employment. So... Wow, so like throughout school, there was nothing. It was throughout school, they what there was a few incidents, but but it didn't really hit you like that. It didn't hit yeah. me like that. Okay, and my mum was the shield at the time. Yeah, yeah. But employment, you ain't got your mum told your hand. Yeah, don't we get to employment soon? We we'll get. To <laughs> <laughs> but it's just mad to think that twenty four years, mm -hmm. twenty four years, it's taken a lot of time for yep. you to find yourself. So even an identity. Yep. So being able to say who you are to be confident to mm -hmm. be accepted to some degree yep um just living that sort of silence like to me it just sounds like so bad to even think about like just being in this sort of like isolated bubble and i'm just thinking about how difficult that can be for someone to even want to keep persisting because like that's that's long 24 years 
<laughs> that, that is a long time. Bearing in mind, half the time, I didn't know I was different. Yeah. So to me, I knew I had a tube, but I thought I was like everyone else. Mm. But then I realised gradually when winter would hit, I wasn't allowed to play with my friends outside. Mm. I was brought into the school and given activities to do. Mm. I thought that was odd. And one day, out of frustration, I kicked my teacher. Mm. And they brought did, my mum in. Did they deserve it? <laughs> you know what? I think they probably did. Yeah. Because I think I just hated the fact that I was getting in tune with my mm. friends. And then I'll be told, oh, it's too cold, you can't play outside. Mm. But it was an arrangement from my mother to the school. Mm. And this is what I mean about the medical model. Conversations were being had about me. But well, not to included yeah. in the conversations. Yeah. So you can imagine a eight-year-old telling an eight-year-old, no, you can't do certain stuff. Lots of hormones raging. And I'm not quite understanding why. And I'm not being told why. Mm. So... Yeah, it was difficult. Mm. So, yeah, you keep talking about not being included. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying that it was more noticeable in the workplace rather than school. Okay, let's go into that. <laughs> Employment. <laughs> Employment. Um, right. So, I thought, I think I, think I was naive. So, working for public sector body, and I thought, right, they understand disabled people. Yeah. Surely they'll give me the, my needs, they'll help me out, and they'll support me the best they can. Mm. Found out that wasn't the case. Disabled people were actually a statistic. Um, I needed trigger enhancements to manage my condition. Mm. I asked them internally. It was like, oh, we can't do nothing until you actually fall sick and we give you a warning. Then we can support you. That didn't sit right with me. I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I have to be bad first for you to enable a solution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Why not? Prevention is better than cure. Yeah. Why not sort the problem, get a solution so it doesn't lead to a catastrophe? So, we ended up going to a tribunal. Because I'd asked them once, I'd asked them twice. And I got, I got fed up. I thought, there must be a way in which I can get the people to listen. Went on Google and researched local courts. Mm-hmm. And found out that there was a system called the tribunal. Like, hmm, sounds interesting. Maybe I can apply my madness. When I say madness, I mean my method of getting my voice heard Mm. to the courts and see what happens. Mm. Went to the court. Judge went through the issues in the workplace. And the judge was like, Cole, may I ask, is the young man still employed by the company? And at the time, my union rep said yes. So she was taken aback. She was like, hang on. That's kind of different. Normally when people come here, they, they, they're looking the, to get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not with the company. <clears throat> so it's like, it's really different. 
And that's why I told the judge, you know, I didn't want to leave the employment. Mm. I just wanted to be treated fairly. Mm. And I thought the eight days that was given to me to manage my health over a 12-month stretch was not feasible for me to work with. And when they looked at the law themselves and they looked at my condition, they thought, I'm at a disadvantage because my condition flares up during the winter. Mm. And eight days, I will completely go past that. Yeah. Um, so I think that was my first taste of being hurt. Yeah. Even employment... Um you said a lot of gems and some of the other stuff, but mm. you, you'll see them today as well, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but you said 53.3% of people... 53.6. Okay, 0. 0.6. Um, of those that have like disabilities are mm. in employment. Yeah. And so there's loads of people yeah. that are perfectly able to do certain jobs, but just because they're deemed as having a disability, yeah. they're not being included. Yes. And so, getting a job itself is hard. Yes. But also, when you're in it... You're facing tribulation. Yeah. Yeah. So, how does that feel? It's tiring. Yeah. Even before you've started the job, feeling you've got money coming in your bank, mm. you're having to argue your existence in that environment, which I think shouldn't be the case. Mm. You should go to work. You should be supported. And at the end of the month, you get a pay packet. And everyone's happy. Mm. And the demand of the purple economy is growing. Because there's a lot of us. There's 14.4 million disabled people in the UK. Mm. So we're, we're, we're a big crew. We just want to be recognized and established. And I mean, come on. Who wants to live on the state? For the rest of their life. Mm. Having the state hand money to you. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's people out there that need it. I understand that. But if you're able and you can work, give us a chance to work. Mm. Don't put us in a corner and say we're broken or the term handicapped, mm. which I hate. Mm. We're not handicapped. We are just socialized living our life in a different manner mm. so, so the society around us needs to adapt but in the workplace it's a repetitive beast that I personally always come against mm. when you ask for support you're asking mm. for too much when you don't ask why didn't you ask so you're caught in a hard corner mm. And you've also got people that are asking you why are you still working? Yeah. Like, that must be very <laughs> annoying and tiring as well because there's people that want you to just like, like you said, just accept the benefits because, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember hearing you say that that happens to you time and time again. People question, oh, wh yeah. why are you working? And like, what do you say to them? And how does that make you feel? Because like, it must be very like annoying to have to explain yourself. It is annoying because I'm no different from anyone else. Yeah. I live my life just slightly completely different because of a condition I live with. Yeah. 
So who are they to determine what I can and cannot do? But to be professional and to be, you know, open, I have to address them in a way to make them understand that it's my personal choice. Mm. And if I can make a difference for someone who wants to work, who has a disability, I would like to be that beacon mm. of hope. Because disabled people, a lot of us, all we need is hope. Mm. But we don't get that. We get abuse. We get told we're lazy. We get told we're benefit scroungers. We get told you're no good. Even in the workplace. In the workplace? Managers find ways and means to tear us down. Mm. To make you feel that you're most incompetent being in the workplace. Mm. Have you got any examples? An example would be when I overheard a manager in one of my ex-employments where a gentleman had dyslexia. Mm. And it took him a while to grasp information and to understand the task at hand. I've heard the manager saying, if he can't understand what's going on, what are we going to do with him on the scene? Why is he here? Mm. And to me, you've not even understood that the individual has an indifference mm. and you've not tried to meet him halfway to adapt. Straight away, you've written him off before you've got to know him. Or you've written him off because he's, the way he absorbs information doesn't sit with what you envision mm. your team to be. So it's a difficult barrier. Yeah. What about personal ones for yourself? Personal ones for myself. Hoy. You, don't, you don't have to go into it. If it's a bit too <laughs> triggering, you can, you can let it go. Um, it's not it's not by force, but if you no, want no, to, no, innit? No. If you want yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think an example would be just a manager understanding me mm. and understanding that I learn at a different rate mm. and I may know my right. <coughs> I may know my rights. Mm. <coughs> I may know my rights, but at the same time, um, it takes a lot for me to understand the ramification of the workplace. And I came across managers who, because I was confident, assumed I was stuck in the work. Mm. Yeah. And that, that, <laughs> that must be a very difficult thing because, like, when you even show any signs of competency, then they might almost dismiss your struggles and any yeah. sort of difficulty you have. So there's yeah. no, like, balance. No. It's not there at all. And I think one thing about... Being a disabled person, you have to be on your A game 100%. As mm. soon as you drop that bar, it's like, oh, he's blaming his disability again. Oh, yeah, he's trying to pull a fast one. Oh, you know, we're bringing you in to manage you, to support you. Mm. No, you're not. Mm. You're finding ways and means to manage an individual out of the job because in your vision they cannot perform how you want them to. Mm. Instead of adapting the way you assist them and make them a part of your team. Mm. And that's where managers fall down. 
that's where some organizations are falling. And that's why the percentage of disabled people in employment is so low. Because some disabled people just don't want the hassle. Yeah. They would rather stay on the benefit, not by choice, but by social mindset and construct of what a disabled person is. Mm. But that's the thing. People might look at them and say, oh, they're not trying to get a job. But it's the actual troubles or <laughs> nuances that just annoy you Like when you're actually at work. like People don't actually know what difficult you're going through, yeah. how you have to fight daily just to work. <laughs> yeah. And it can be very tiresome. So like, there's a lot of misunderstanding. You've got employment not really being the best sort of space. Also society's views as well. So it's like, mm-hmm. who's there to be in your corner to see things through your eyes? Like no, no one. And so it yeah. seems that in order for you to bring about the change, you have to just be that person that holds it down to try and change the sort of narrative or open doors to other people. Because that sounds like that's what you've been trying to do this whole time. Yeah, and I think, I think the sad thing for me is in this uh, arena, I seem to be the only black person. Yeah. I go to meetings in different sectors and I find out I'm the only black person. Mm. And I would like to see more black people. Mm. I know a lot of black people are kind of sceptical that they'll be judged, they'll be labelled or seen as someone who's trying to play the pity card. Mm. So I can get close to the map, please. Just play the, yeah. play the p- pity card. Yeah. But I think we shouldn't be ashamed of who we are mm. and people just need to learn to accept us mm. and adapt especially in the workplace because a lot of people I know can work. Yeah. The doors need to just be opened. What What do you think is that stopping them? So like, obviously these people that you know, so like if there was something that just summarise the reason why they're not making that step or they're feeling a bit disheartened, what would you say that comes down to? It comes down to being scared. Mm. So fear. Yep. And it comes down to them being seen differently. Mm. And people seeing them and like, oh you know, mm. that's that kind of demeaning. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just seeing you for who you are. Seeing you for yeah. who you are. You know? Um and some people it just comes down to trauma from childhood. Mm. They've not actually dealt with the trauma that they had when they were younger. So it's difficult for them to open up to the world, mm. to their employer, especially a manager who doesn't understand disability and tell them, this is who I am. This is what I have. You need to treat me accordingly. Mm. And even when you look at employment from the probationary side, when you enter employment, disabled people have so much they want to tell their managers, but they can't. Because they feel once they do, they're out the door. Mm. So they would rather suffer in pain, get sacked, or be told you're not you're not the right fit. Mm. You don't fit the cultural image, mm. or you don't understand the role. So therefore, you're incompetent to be in the position you're in. Mm. Wow. And it's all based around health. Yeah. 
just adapting and understanding. I may have a tachyos to me, for example's sake, you may have a tachyos to me, but it may affect us differently. Mm-hmm. How it affects me, it may not affect you like that. Mm. But employers like to brush everyone with the same brush. I had managers say, oh, I've done research about tracheostomies and I, I think I understand what you're going through. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, that's the thing. It's like anything. So like, whether it's a mental health um, difficulty someone's going through, you cannot use that to generalise everything because yep. everyone's got different thresholds. Everyone's got different diagnosis. Like it yep. affects people individually. So your pain, even just pain in general, yep. you hurting your hand against the wall, like, it's going to affect both of us differently. Yeah. So, like, they can't use that to just generalise people. Yeah. Um, I feel that's what they do because it's the easy option to just, like, okay, you know what, let's just do it all the same way as we've done it before. But yeah. taking time to think about people's individual needs, yeah, that is something that requires effort. And so that's why people are not actually doing that as much because um, let's even just, even black people in general, like, some of the things you've mentioned, that seems to be, like, the struggles that black people went through um in employment in the past as well yep. so to have that in addition to um health difficulties um how how, how is that because like yeah you said you're only black person when you enter these spaces do you feel mm-hmm. like it's times 10 <laughs> or do you feel like you can't really tell i think it's, it's times times yeah. 20 mm. and i feel the pressure Mm. in these kind of environments yeah and i feel the whole light shining on me Mm. um and i understand Mm. everyone's journey or everyone reaching the magnitude where they're comfortable comes at different stages in their life Mm. but if we don't push and open that door with ease we're always going to be held back Mm -hmm. and we're never going to be understood Mm. Fair enough, this country seems like, yes, they get disability. Yes, there's um, schemes in place to understand it. You can write literature all day. It's about that human being understanding that individual's needs and accepting and helping them for what they can. Mm. Not following a script. Yeah, it don't want to be scripted. That's the thing. But like, I still don't see that much as a bad thing, the fact that you're the only one of like, like that's black really because you need to be different or to stand out of course it's the same as stars that's the only way you're going to shine so but then it, the saying goes but I don't know but I, I'm just saying that there's benefits to that as well of course it's difficult as well but I'm saying is like someone seeing you in that sort of space mm. can encourage another black person to also um, speak up and fight because they can see you doing it in an environment where you're like the minority so what I'm saying it can be inspiring for people at the same time to see you doing your thing. You know what? A lot of people come to come to me or say to me, you're inspiring. You're a breath of fresh air. I wouldn't say I take, I don't take it as a negative, but at the same time, I don't want to be an inspiration. I want to be a tool for you to learn, for you to spread your own wings. Now, I know you're saying I should be comfortable being the only person in that sector or environment. But you know when you've got a big, big basket that you want to put on your head, you need someone to help you. Mm. And it's a lonely journey. Mm. 
and it can get um it can get restrictive and it can get claustrophobic. Mm. That's the thing, so it's a weight on your shoulder. Yeah. Uh so of course, um you don't want to be lonely. I'm not saying that, but yeah. what I'm saying is that there's pros to it as well. But yeah, of course, like there's more mm-hmm. of us there, so there's no need for you to be the person that has a whole weight on your shoulder. Of course. Um but I still can see a pro to it. Like you might disagree, yes. but I can still see a pro to you being that person that mm-hmm. is just doing their thing because the amount of times it's time they've had to fight just to get the basic things to yeah. speak up on the behalf of other people. Like I'm seeing resilience, I'm seeing strength. And so mm-hmm. these are not skills or traits that are easy to have, but when you go through stuff, it really does shape you. So it shapes who you are, yeah. As bad as some of the circumstances you've been in, it's made you into the person you are now. Like you're now now four point oh. Like you're just okay. <laughs> you're just elevating. So, Chris. um, no, it's it's very interesting, man. Like, ah, uh, there's just so so much to take on from that, man. Because um, there's not enough people being utilized. Um, people just writing you off without even giving you the opportunity. Of course, there's so many so many roles out there that people can equally do but for some reason they're not even getting a look in no or, or a person can take a personal dislike because the way they see it you've got a disability and you're being given the world and they have struggled for whatever reason within their life mm. as able-bodied individuals and you're getting on the plate mm. that, 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 that's not what it is yeah so they're seeing a lot of handouts yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's not what it is. Yeah. And I think one thing that I really want to capitalize on is that people need to realize that when I'm speaking out, when a person with disability is speaking out and they know their laws that protect them, we're not being cocky. We're not being Mr. or Mrs. Know it all. We're just protecting our space. Because mm. if we don't do that, anybody can attack us mm. and we will fall flat on our face. So, in a social setting, people think, oh, just shut up and deal with it. You're getting money from the government. What's there to complain about? In the workplace, it's like, oh, you're a troublemaker. Why are you, why are you doing a grievance? Why are you taking us to tribunals? Why are you asking for flexible working? Why are they feeling attacked? <laughs> Is that way around? <laughs> they always think it's an yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. So, if you're not strong-minded to think, no, I'm not attacking you. Mm. I'm trying to educate you. A lot of people fall by the wayside. Yeah. And so, like, let's speak about <clears throat> that strong mind, um, resilience, mm. mentality. How does someone develop that? Because you've got a strong mindset there. I can't lie. You're, you're doing a lot of um, work. But mentally, for me, I feel like everything starts ending the mind. So the fact that you've got yourself in a space where you're just willing to fight, not just on behalf of yourself, but for other people as well. And it seems like you've grown thick skin. So mm-hmm. how does someone develop that? I think it's it's years 
came out and finally talk about myself. It's years of being battered, bruised, being told no, being treated different, being treated less of a human being. I'm thinking to myself, why? I don't, I don't understand. I need answers. Mm. I need someone to explain to me. <laughs> I'm coughing away today. No, it's, we're talking um, for time. <laughs> That's why. Um, I think for me, it's seen that someone with intellect can understand you, mm. but they refuse to understand you. Mm. Someone with intellect can actually, you know, be open to a suggestion that you're different but they don't understand what it takes to uplift a person with indifference. Mm. And when you're a person who your mind is doing 360 all the time and you're thinking, but I wouldn't treat you like that. Why are you treating me like that? I think it's, for me, it's turning the clock anti-clockwise. Let's start again. Treat me right. Because you treat everybody else right. Mm. What's so different about me? Just because I live life differently doesn't mean you treat me different. Mm. I'm not asking to be bowed down or given the queen's wave or I'm just asking to be treated like anybody else. Yeah. And I think for me, the mental um, stimulation for me is equality, mm. inclusion, being open and honest and treating people with humidity having a hum- humorous side to establish that we're all people mm. we were all born we're all gonna live and at the end we're all gonna die yeah so why not have a harmonious environment where everybody no matter your gender sexuality disability age let's live in peace mm. and learn to understand each other yeah Rather than, you're too old, you shouldn't be working. But you think you should retire? Why should a person retire? If they enjoy working, leave them. Mm. Don't you think, Nana, you need to calm down with how you talk, you're breathing, you're gasping? Have I told you that? I could. I don't want to stop talking. Mm. No. I want to be heard. When I'm tired, or when I feel my respiratory system is getting a hammering, I will relax. Mm. Society is too much in telling us what we can and cannot do. And I hate that. Mm. Don't tell me what I can and cannot do because you feel I'm less of an individual. Let me take the risk. Let me establish my my parameters and let me understand what I can and cannot do. Mm. Let me make the choice. Mm. Because for so long, choices have been made for me. And it's uncomfortable and it's uncalled for. And I think now is the time where people with disabilities, we need to take back our choices. Mm. All right, I got to cut there. All right. That's a presidential speech right there. And look at the camera. Prime Minister, next. It's not too late. It's not too late. I'll chat to Boris for you. He might, he might nice you. He might Boris, nice. now nah, let's talk to, um, what's his name? Rishi. Rishi, Rishi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Don't worry. You're, you're, you're always competitive. He's your up. You, you can't. You can't be friends with him. But yeah, man. <laughs> no, but honestly, like what you said is so true. Um, people are constantly trying to place limits on your life yeah. when they haven't got the control. No, but they like to 
act as if they have the control. And so yes. it's all about getting that control back because many people are going to tell you you can't do stuff. But yeah. the choice is yours in each scenario because you decide whether to agree with what they're saying or disagree. Yeah. Disagreeing might mean you've got a fight mm-hmm. and it might be longer. However, agreeing is not going to satisfy your needs. No. And, and you're the one that's going to be in pain. Yeah. Whereas they're sitting there cool mm. relaxed but it's annoying because like even if the person has good intentions they're placing their fear or fears on you yes just because they can't see the bigger picture yeah. but you can so at the same time we can't always be so annoyed at those people because they can only see what they see but they don't know what's inside of you only you do yeah. so that being said, you shouldn't allow the other person to dictate what you do for your future. No. You know what's inside you. Just persist. Yes. That's it. Like don't 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 stop till the beat stops. Yeah. Because how how can you listen to someone that doesn't know what's inside of you? Yeah. Like how can someone who doesn't have a track years to me yeah. dictate how I live? Yeah. And how I should behave. Yeah. And when I should speak. Yeah. I've had trouble with my voice as it is. Don't you think it's it's time I talk? Yeah. And let people understand what I'm going through from my lens mm. rather than from a doctor's lens who's never had the condition mm. but feels because he's got a PhD or he studied, he knows better than me. Oh, no, these doctors, they, 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 they don't know when to say they don't know sometimes. Sometimes yeah. they want to like they know everything. But, yeah. um, but that's the thing. They're giving you stuff based on limited information. Yeah. That's it. So even if they were so um, skilled, they don't necessarily paint the perception or even the the notion of hope. They don't do that. No. <laughs> They're always just like based on stats, facts, whatever. And but yeah. sometimes it's just their opinion and their opinion is a fact. Mm-hmm. And so... You've got to take yourself to, I don't know, your room, wherever it is, and just build yourself up and give yourself that belief. Because like you said, you live on hope. And I feel like that's just, that's people in general, like just a society, we all need hope. But if people are trying to take that away from you, what do you have to live for? If people are trying to take it away from you. Without any hope, what do do we have? Without any hope, you, you don't have anything. Yeah. But if people are trying to take it away from you, I'm snatching that back like uh, <laughs> yes and towards gold. I'm snatching it yeah. because I know that's going to enable me to be a better version of myself. Mm. And without hope, who am I? Yeah, it's facts. It's facts. So like when people's hopes are being challenged, what do you suggest that they do? Because you see it time and time again. I think when you realise that your hope is being saturated away from you, you need to firstly question whether you've got the strength to do it Mm. to actually ascertain it back because not a lot of people do Mm. some people are tired because they've been kicked from pillar to post for so long it's damaged on their psyche it's damaged on their physical body and they can't Mm. so you really need to ask yourself if you're ready for this challenge Mm. because the fight is like living groundhog day and I've noticed that with myself when I've moved from employer to employer the cycle starts again 
and it's the same problem, but different figureheads. Mm. So I think you need to be mentally strong. You need to understand that you're different, and don't take what people say too personal. Because if you're going to take everything people say personal, you're going to be beefing everyone. Mm. You're going to be warring everyone. People have an opinion. And I always like to use this phrase. We all have a mouth. We're all entitled to speak. How we digest the information and how we proactively regurgitate it back out, we are in control of that. Yeah. So we just need to be mindful of our own environment our own strengths and just make sure we're ready to fight within reason, with understanding and knowing the framework and the laws that protect us yeah, as true. disabled people. Yeah. I remember there was this phrase that you used as well. You said like, we're all vehicles. Um, you may be going to different, <laughs> we might be going in different directions. We're, 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 we're all vehicles. Yes. We're all driving to a destination. We're just taking different paths to get to the same location. Oi! 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 That was a good one. I was like, oi, no, you went in for that one. But it's true. It's true. And so, like, for me, any sort of struggle doesn't mean it's the end. Like, we all have different starting points. We all have different limitations, but we yeah. still have ability. <laughs> like, a unique U ability. Unique that. ability, yeah. You can be fully functioning, but you still might not, well, you might think you're fully functioning, but you might not be able to use those functions. Of course. <laughs> effectively. Yeah. Like, um, you could be using your voice better than some mm -hmm. people whose voice that are fully intact. Of course. And it's all about mindset as well. It's more about just using whatever you've got. So like, yes, I don't know, you, your left hand might not be usable, but your right hand is course you're not good with your left foot use your right foot use your right foot you might be blind but you can hear mm -hmm. you might be deaf but you can see like what can you use to make your life worthwhile but it's all about focus sometimes people mm -hmm. want to focus on what it is that they don't have course rather than focus on what you do have because if you put all your energy into what you have that is power like that is how you oh, can course. fully become the person that you're destined to be yeah and yeah just just be able to work in in full flow so like i think that's what people should be focusing on what they can do with yeah with what um i guess what god's given you like yeah <laughs> what can you use <laughs> definitely and so for me yeah that that is the main fo you know, focus it's just like what jf kennedy said ask what your country can do for you and not what he can do to enable you get to where you need to get. Yeah. Your country can do so much for you. You can do so much for yourself. Do it. Mm. Don't expect people to hand out or help you until you show umph or grit or fire that yes, I'm on this path and I'm going to get there no matter what. People won't gravitate. Mm. people will understand your pain mm. and pain is never understood until a person shares their pain mm -hmm, it's true and even your voice like it's your actions that yeah. speak louder <laughs> yeah so just make sure that you're acting 
Like yeah. you've been active. That's that's the main thing. Because you can talk, you can complain, but you've got to act. Oh yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna see no changes. Because um, I remember when I first started this whole disability advocacy journey, I started off on Facebook Live, and I thought, mm, you can you can do the videos, you can go on live, but there's other avenues. Mm. And then I got into writing for the Independent, writing for the Metro, and I thought there's always a different pen. Mm. or a different lens where you can speak and be heard. And a lot of people have read my independent article then watched my videos. Mm. Because putting pen to paper is the most powerful tool than my voice. Mm. Yes, I'm trying to get people to understand use your voice, but if you've got different angles of communicating that message, do it. Mm. Well, <laughs> a pen to paper is in my mind, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is in my mind. But even in terms of struggle, like every good thing comes out of struggle, mm-hmm. like or out of pain or whatever you want to call it. Gold is only valuable once it is purified. <laughs> yeah. People go to the gym only once they their muscles are put through pain. That's mm-hmm. when their muscles become bigger or stronger. Mm-hmm. Even with, um, let's say, pregnancy, there's pain before the child is there or there's a period of waiting for months before the child is born. So yep. it's both pain but also waiting. Yes. Like planting a seed, like the fruit doesn't come the next day. It's got to stay underground the seed has to die <laughs> first and then it's going to come out as well. But you still got to water it. Yeah. You still got to do the things that you need to do in order for it to grow. And in the right season, eventually it will bear fruit. So like, it's a journey. That's, yeah. that's, that's the point I'm making. Like, And I think even you saying that has got a light bulb in my head. It's society has so much in a rush for people with disability to catch up. It's like, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. We take time. Mm. We germinate at different rates. Mm. You plant, we, you can plant us all around in fertilized soil, but it doesn't mean we're going to grow at the same rate. Mm-hmm. So, people just need to understand disability is something that no man will understand. The only people that will understand is people going through it. Mm-hmm. And, the, and society just needs to be the water that nourishes the soil. And then we will grow at our different rates. And you can determine whether you're going to pluck us or whether you're going to leave us to die. Mm. But you still get the bees that will come around and pollinate. So you're good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. No, it's true, man. But you've also got to plant the seed first. There you go. And you can't keep planting different seeds until you've finished watering what you started. Yep. Otherwise, your plant's not going to grow. No. So... I'm loving the seed analogies, though. <laughs> it's good, it's good. But it's, it's true. And you're doing a lot, man. You're doing a lot. So what do you have to say to, like, those people whose voices are intact, however, they're not using their voice? I think what I have to say to people who have a voice and don't use it, you've got a powerful tool. You've got a tool that is natural. You didn't pay for it. You're not having to compete with someone for it. It's there from birth. Mm. 
someone like me, I struggle to get my voice out. Literally. And we're not talking about me not being able to talk. I had to go to speech therapy for God knows how long. All because my natural mechanisms were not joining up. So if you're lucky enough to have a voice and you see injustice around you or you see someone being treated wrong, whether it's direct, indirect bullying, um, lack of understanding of a person of indifference, speak up. Mm. It, will, it may put a target on your back. It may shine a light on you, but you're doing the right thing. Mm. What do you think that sorts people? Is it the fear again that there may be some consequences? It's the fear of consequence. Yeah. And it just reminds me of an example, which I'm not going to get into, but where someone I know can speak up on a situation that's happening, but they'd rather not. And you know what the person is doing is wrong, but you have to speak on it. Because mm. if you don't speak on it, the culture just evolves, evolves, and then it becomes the norm. Mm. And then... Disabled people are continued to be treated unfairly. So the next person will come, and the next person will come. And when will the cycle break? Yeah, sure. Well, every person is a vital player. Yeah. Everyone has the power to roll the dice. Whether it will land on six, that's the here nor day question. Mm. It will land on a particular number. Roll with that number. Mm. And make sure you make it count. Mm. Aye, you're reading too much. It is nice analogy. I can't keep up, you know. <laughs> Me, my one seed one, that's all I got. But <laughs> no, that's facts. It's facts. How do you grow? How do you grow as a person? I think you grow with society's society's image of you not wanting you you grow with that mindset that you're not wanted so you then have to so is it acceptance it's acceptance okay you have to crave that want mm. now it's not people see it as a negative people see it as a cry for help sometimes it's not you know Sometimes it's asserting yourself in society because you've already been pushed out mm. before you were even put in. Mm. So you may have been born into the world, but are you actually in the world? Are mm. you actually in society? No. Mm. You're not. So I think it's more of asserting your presence. To be seen is to be present. To be heard, well... An individual has to listen to you to, for you to be heard. Mm. So you need to consider how you see yourself in society, how people make you feel, and combine that and live a life where you're a positive being. Mm. Hope you're listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a lot to take in, man. Wow, like. I got a lot of questions, man. I got a lot of questions. So, but yeah, if anything, you could just speak about what you're doing now. So, like, 
My dad Nana's doing TED Talks and that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how long have you been doing that for? TED Talks. <clears throat> TED Talks are done that the last year. Or was it this year? No, it was this year. This year, yeah. Amazing platform. Yeah. Um daunting. Yeah. Um it was needed. I would, I would like to even do another one again. Yeah. So anyone on TED the actual TEDx, no. TED Talks platform mm. watching this want to do another one um, it's a daunting platform and the reason why I say it's daunting is everyone is listening to you yeah the whole focus from the time you open your mouth to the threads of what you say everyone's wondering how can that impact me yeah what change can I make in my life and you want to do a talk that impacts mm. Like that was my first talk. Yeah. And in my mind, I think I gave brief perception of a life of a person with disability. Yeah, that like was, I think it was like 15 minutes all the yeah. time. Yeah. But it was good. <laughs> yeah. It was good, yeah. But I think my reasoning for being on that platform and how I got into that platform was just me being me. Mm. I didn't pretend to be someone I wasn't. I didn't cry wolf. And I think it's just a genuine side to me of wanting people to be heard, wanting people to be comfortable in their skin, wanting people to grab opportunities with both arms, legs, and your mental psyche and just be recognized that no matter your tribulations, no matter your setback, that red dot is the place to be mm. because you can be heard and seen by the world. And if the world can hear you, imagine how many millions of people across the globe that may think that their life is on a downslide. But once they've watched just a little bit of that TED talk, imagine the change it could bring to them. And I know there's a lady going through cancer and she saw my video she thought her life was falling apart and when she watched my video coming out of freshly being diagnosed it made her smile mm. and it brought a tear to her eye to realise that if I'm going through pain and I'm willing to put myself out there with all these people who go around doing hate crime on social media and I'm willing to be open and share and not care and take the risk. She came to establish that in society we're all going through pain at different heights and different moments. But it's how we convey the pain and how we choose to live moving forward is what is important. Whoa! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> you got me, you got me. I was in a trance. I was like, whoa. <laughs> This is mad getting it live. Um, oh, this, yeah. is, this is way better than the TED Talks. I can't lie. But TED Talks, you're good. You're good. But, <laughs> no, honestly, I was just soaking it all in. It's so true what you said. So true. Yeah, I'm speechless. I can't lie. You're <laughs> <laughs> saying a lot of stuff here. I'm definitely going to watch this over myself a few times and just take some notes, man. Surprised you're speechless because, boy, no. I know you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You got me. You got me. <laughs> But in terms of um, setbacks, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Full close. Um, 
how does someone deal with setbacks? Like, how how do you turn defeat into victory or struggle into victory? Defeat, struggle, for me, it's a lesson. Mm. You look at, a lot of people like to take the defeative kind of path and think, oh, I didn't get that job or I didn't get that opportunity, so I must be rubbish or someone telling you you're not good at something so you start to believe you're not good at it take those experiences and tell yourself you are good mm-hmm. keep persevering obviously look at where you went wrong and pick from where you were right to where you were sliding and merge the two and try to take a positive out of it to be significant mm. better than what you were before there's a saying you don't compete with others but you compete with who you were yesterday mm. so i may have not been good yesterday but today is going to be a better day and i'm going to make sure that the failures i had in the past will be my triumphs and positives for the future moving forward that's what i could do hey, hey i hope you're clicking at home as well click 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 that's a lot that's a lot um what would you say is your main drive in life Main drive is people just being open and loving to one another. Mm. It doesn't cost a lot to be kind to people. It doesn't cost a lot to help someone move on to the next step. I think we're in a society where everyone's about self, Mm. trampling over someone to get the next promotion, trampling over someone to get the latest car, trampling over someone to either get the most beautiful girl, the most beautiful guy. Life's going to be about that. I think for me, it's about seeing everyone as equal, no matter your wealth, no matter your social connections, no matter the place you live, the car you drive. We're all one. Mm. And let's live life on a level playing field. Your money doesn't make you more important than me. Your connections don't make you more valuable than me. However, how you treat me and how you understand people from different walks of life make you the master of your kingdom. I won't click this time. I won't click this time, but I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. No, no, honestly, it's true. Okay. Um what would you like to share with people in terms of like your show socials? Um I don't know what else you're into. Um have you got your own business so, going? I don't know. Like tell yeah. us, tell us. So Unique Abilities Limited is a social enterprise which runs on uh doing talks in schools, speaking to young people about disability, uh intersectionality, differences of people with different disabilities 
how to maneuver yourself through society. Um, how can they get in contact with you? Get in contact with me on Twitter. So it's Mr. Underscore Unique Underscore Voice. Um, Instagram is the same. Um, I also write for the Independent. Um, and that's the same as well. If you type in Mr. Unique Voice, it'll come up online anyway. Um, and also LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Which I use productively. Yeah. Um, people can reach out to me on there. Um, and we'll make the world a better place. Not just for disabled people, but for everyone across the world. Strong, strong. So yeah, I'll add um, those details in the description as well. Um, final words of encouragement for your brothers and sisters. Final words for my brothers and sisters. Well, to be great, you have to feel great. To understand greatness is to understand that life doesn't come easy. Life is like steps. So the higher you go, the more criticism, the more loneliness you're going to feel. But when you get to the top and you look down and you've managed to make change, the domino effect touches the world. So don't be the person at the top who doesn't help anybody and who drives that kind of slave kind of mentality. Be that person who passes the road down and helps people get up and rise to be their greater selves. My life, Mr. Unique Voice. Now, honestly, it's been a pleasure having you on. Like Pleasure coming on. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, speechless many times. But you're just a true sensei, a true teacher, a true inspiration. That's why I'm just trying to soak everything from me. So forgive me for asking you too many questions, but I've, I've got to get all out of you. You never know. Like, no worries. Got to get all out. But I hope you guys all enjoyed. If you liked the video, please like it, share it. And if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe. Um, we'll end it there, man. We'll end it there.